Attention, everyone. This is an emergency broadcast. The unpleasant noise you are about to hear coming from your radio is not a mistake. Please do not turn off your radio, but turn up the volume on your receiver as high as it can go so that you can make the sound we broadcast as loud as possible. Welcome to episode 45 of the Kaiju Cast. We're on episode 45, you guys. Woo! Uh, joining me tonight in studio, as it were, we have not only co-host Heather Brass. Hello. Also, uh, hopefully, future co-host as well, Jeff Dean. I'm in. You're in? I'm in. Sweet. Do I do I have to fight this guy? No, I want it to be like, like this all the time. We have enough headphones. We have enough microphones. We have enough um, channels on the mixer. I, I think this is going to be good. Yes, it will be, because look at all the room in the Kaiju Cast headquarters we have here. Yeah, we have lots of room. And there is room for us to leg wrestle or whatever <laughs> you want to like, yeah. duke it out. I, I know you folks can't see, but I may be giving him the stink eye. Yeah, well, we'll have, I think they can no, hear. No, I like Jeff. They I can like hear. Jeff. You can, see, you can hear the stink eye. I, I give a pretty pretty solid stink eye. That's, that's mine. Kyle uh, can put sound in later for my stink eye. Yeah. Okay, so uh, we got Heather and Jeff. We're going to talk about my trip to Japan. And, uh, you know, which is great. And hopefully uh, we'll take a little bit of time to talk about some cool things that are happening in town and a little tiny bit of Godzilla news. But the big thing is that we're going to talk to Matt Frank about the brand new comic Godzilla Legends, which all of us have read issue one because we got an advanced copy. That's right. We are lucky. We We are are very lucky. Privileged. Indeed. We're going to go ahead and start with some music because we only have about 10 minutes till Matt hooks up with us so we're going to go ahead and start things off with the song that's a request for benjamin this is bio wars from godzilla vs. biolante
such fanfare in the mothra versus godzilla soundtrack so uh just to let you guys know we started that off with bio wars by koichi sugiyama that was uh for benjamin that was obviously from godzilla versus biolante we went to our next song which was minya versus gabara 2 by kunio miyochi from godzilla's revenge and then the last track were the main titles for mothra versus godzilla one of my favorites. <laughs> Which actually I played because you're here. I thought your microphone you. was off for a second. Thank you, sir. So he did was I. Just, he was just waiting for the appropriate I was dramatic so, I was so enraptured in that last musical number. Yes, yes. That I was just daydreaming. He was, he was letting those last notes resonate. That's I was. They they do resonate. They Akira, do. Akira Ifukabe's do. Uh, Mothra score is fantastic. Yes. So I was kind of deep in you know Mothraville basically. You were in a Mothra trance. Yes. And uh, that is so a totally different speaking, movie, and I, just... I don't think is uh, part of the canon whatsoever. Mothraville. I think I think that is something <laughs> you filmed personal, in your garage. That's actually. my own <laughs> personal space I go to once in a while. So I forgot to kind of. In, I mean, I introduced you guys earlier, but uh, as as people know that have listened to the show uh both of you have been on the show before heather is a uh, is my bestie and she's here to uh what? what 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 she's here to uh just hang out and be awesome and be my co-host as she has been several times over the past uh what i don't know like six months seven months nine months now i'm always here it's awesome uh however mr jeff dean uh mr jeff dean here is from a show called Horror Holocaust Radio, which actually kind of piqued my interest in this whole podcasting thing to begin with. And uh, you guys are are back and going strong now, right? We are. Monthly show. Monthly show. Yes, and uh, I'm still waiting for my royalty checks to come in for, for, from KaijuCast. <laughs> well, uh, those will come out as I, I soon as uh, they're, they're, just, they've been cut. I know they're compiling them. You're just going to give me one big bonus. Once the, the government the recognizes the Kyle Fund money, then we are uh, all on board there. Guess what? That's the sound that I thought I turned off. <laughs> so uh, it's, kind of, it's kind of a welcoming noise, though. It is a welcoming noise, but we have Matt Frank on the line with us right now. 
so we all just read your your issue uh, of Godzilla Legends. Thank so, you. So, Matt, do us a favor and tell us a little bit about how Godzilla Legends came about. Well, uh, basically what happened was uh, a couple of months ago, uh, I, I, think it, I think the wheels were already turning, but I actually pitched a miniseries idea with, that was kind of similar, sort of like this, a series of one-shots of these, you know, uh, individual stories talking about different monsters, stuff like that. And from what I, well, what I understand, Bobby Kernow, who's now the overarching editor on Godzilla for IDW, he wrote me back and said, we kind of have something like this in the works, kind of, you know, wanting to give different creators a different shot, uh, different creators uh, each a shot with the franchise for maybe a little one shot. And we were going to make an anthology out of it. And they said to go ahead and, yeah, and go ahead and pitch something, like make a full-blown pitch. So I had a couple of different ideas, little one-shot ideas, and uh, the Angiris one was the one that uh, they responded to most positively. So, yeah. Cool. So just so the uh, the listeners who may not have heard our last conversation about this, uh, mm. issue one of Godzilla Legends basically is Angiris versus Destroya. And uh, so this is a one-shot story. This is not. Uh, this is just a one-and-done kind of thing for 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 your story. Uh, yeah, that's correct. It's a it's a one self-contained story, as is each issue of the comic. They're all. I don't think any of them are connected stories. They're all standalone. The only connection is that they're all kind of in this stabilized Godzilla universe. Uh, I guess you could say it's kind of like Godzilla Unleashed, where it, all the monsters are just around, don't have to wor- worry about their origin stories or yeah. things like that. It just yeah, that's cool. It's Actually, just, I was thinking that um, you could probably have like competitions and say, "All right, this is episode or sorry, this is issue one of Godzilla Legends," and fire up Godzilla Unleashed and play Angulus versus Destroya, and continue to do Actually, that through the whole the whole series. It's funny you should say that because. When I got the the call from Bobby Kernow, basically telling me, or the email uh, telling me, uh, yeah, your uh, Toho approved your script. Uh, you're you guys are a go for it. I immediately threw on my Wii and my Godzilla Unleashed, and I was like, yeah, Godzilla versus Angiris. Oh, I mean, uh, sorry, Angiris versus Destroyer. And I was like, oh, that didn't end well. Um, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Who won? Uh, I had it on hard mode. Oh. So, so Destroya won? <laughs> I'm not telling. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> so how how exciting was it to hear that Toho approved your script? After I stopped foaming at the mouth and uh, convulsing <laughs> on the floor, I called my... <laughs> I'm in a silly mood tonight. I called my writer, uh, Jeff Frazenkowski, and said, Dude, dude, we got it approved. Let's do this thing. So, And, of course, I also called my colorist, Josh Perez, who um, really only lives about a town away from me. And he was also really excited. I was lucky I was able to get him because normally he's um, he's on Transformers books. So that was good timing on that. Are all of you big kaiju fans? Are all of you big Godzilla fanatics that are working on the project together? Well, the now when you say that, do you mean just just my little team on that issue or everybody in Godzilla Legends? Well, uh, your team, let's say, because you, you said, you know, you called them up and obviously everyone's excited for, for work. I mean, who isn't excited for work? Yes. But, but I mean, when you've got something that you're, you know, kind of personally attached to, I mean, it sounds like you are obviously a, 
an, a legitimate fan? Were, were the other people involved as excited for the, the project personally? Oh, yeah. I mean, that was the uh, Josh Perez is a bit more of a casual fan. He's a, he likes the stuff a lot, but he's a bit more on the he's actually a really big Sentai fan, you know, uh, a Japanese Power Rangers and Kamen Rider and stuff. But and but he also does genuinely enjoy the Godzilla franchise. And Jeff Prezenkowski is a pretty big fan. He actually he used to work for Cartoon Network, and he wrote an episode of The Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy titled uh, Giant Billy and Mandy All-Out Attack. Oh, so, I have not seen uh, that. Very nice. That so, yeah, needless to say, I mean, we're all, we're all pretty big fans. We're at least, at least we have an appreciation for the franchise. So, yeah. Um, are you allowed to use any of the monsters in the Godzilla canon, or do you have to have, you know, have each one approved, basically? I think we have relatively unfettered access to about a dozen monsters, or maybe a baker's dozen, uh, and that's off the top of my head. Obviously, Godzilla, Rodan and Giras, Mothra, Destroyer, Space Godzilla, King Ghidorah, Batra, Kumanga, Titanosaurus, Mechagodzilla. I'm sure I'm missing a few, but if it, I think those are the only ones we have kind of just... If if we if we want to use a monster or all the imagery has to be run by Toho regardless, so the only approval process is really just accuracy. Or if they have some notes about how the monster is drawn or how the monster is portrayed, that's about that's about as far as it goes. We don't have to uh, we don't have to like submit in writing. We want to use this monster for this, and then you know it, it's a little more streamlined. But that's like I said, that's about as far as we can go. Though we we don't have access to the other all the other monsters yet. Yet, yet. I love mm-hmm. it. So Matt, you had uh, both you and Jeff are here uh, listed as story by. So how much how much influence did the two of you together have in the story? Did you come up with the basic idea and he sort of helped you fine tune it, or was this just like a full blown collaboration, or is Jeff uh, Presnowski? Zinkowski writing on your coattails. <laughs> Did you say writing or writing? Yeah, either, I think either one works in this in this situation. Well, um, it really was a, a collaborative process, but Jeff is a much more he he his writing his writing process feels a lot more solid uh, to me. Like, let me just run you through the process real quick. I was telling him, I said, "Hey, we've got an opportunity to to." Pick Pitch some stuff. I'm drawing blanks. Um, <laughs> you, you, uh, why don't you come up with some ideas and throw them at me? And he started just spitballing ideas. And he, one of the ideas that he came up with was sort of an idea like uh, the world is threatened or there's a big threat and uh, Godzilla's not around and Gears has to step up because, you know, he's the little underdog. And because because it eventually became a one-shot idea, I said, now that's like a really nice, succinct little story. So I took that basic premise of Angiris has to step up. I fleshed it out a little bit. I kind of was like, okay, so maybe they want to use like a a device to summon Godzilla because uh, Destroyer's here. I didn't want to use Ghidorah. He's too over. But then the the script itself, uh, Jeff took, and he just, he wrote it. He wrote the whole script, 
And then I came in and I made a few little edits. I choreographed the fights, for example, all the battle sequences I choreographed. And I maybe wrote a few other pages, but m most of the writing and the dialogue and the story structure is all Jeff. All right. So mm -hmm. you, you talked about chore uh, choreographing the fights. And mm -hmm. um, Heather and Jeff, please uh, don't lose any respect for me right now. But I am. it's time for me to gush about this comic a little bit. You yeah, did yeah. a really, really good job of... Uh, showing the monster action in a sort of like progressive way that shows like how this monster shows up, how this monster hits the other monster, how the energy beam weapon goes off, how the attacks happen. And, uh, and I don't want to spoil anything for it for anybody, but I just feel like some of the other books that we've seen from IDW, not that I don't love them. Careful, don't, careful. I said not that I don't <laughs> love them. Some of the other books that we've seen just kind of have more of a chaotic angle towards their monster choreography. And you really kind of evoke what Godzilla fans really want to see in a, in a monster battle. No, uh, no disagreement here. That was I, one of my favorite things, honestly, with the, with the book is just the, uh, I really felt like it captured the essence of watching a film. I mean, the, the angles that the fight scenes were, were, were drawn from and the detail to how the monsters fight each other. It just really felt like how they interact with each other on the screen. And I also, I just kind of loved that this was, I felt like this was a really good book for either a dedicated fan or a newcomer because you, even though you don't, you know, you don't have the introduction to the monsters per se. Uh, I just, I love the fact that we just kind of jump in and it's like, you know what? You're picking this up because you like giant monsters. You're not going to be disappointed. Thank you. That that actually that means a lot to hear the idea that that this is accessible to people who aren't as immersed in the lore as a hardcore G fan. Because you know you really could sit there and and go on about the origin of Destroyer, for example. I mean, but for the purposes of this book, all you need to know is that. He's really big, he's really powerful, and they can't stop him with conventional weapons. That's as far as it needs to go. And with Anguirus, all you need to know is that he's not very big comparatively, and he's lost all the fights the, that he's The avid had. underdog, yes. You know what? That, I don't think I even registered that as a Godzilla fan until I read that in the comic. I was like, oh, that is true. <laughs> Same here. I was like, oh, I like him so much. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really enjoyed how the, the book just launches off and uh, you're just smack dab in the middle of just monster on monster action. And that's like the whole book. Yeah. Destroya right. just boom appears. Yeah. If anything, I was actually a little concerned there wasn't enough monster action. <laughs> just because we were spending so much time with the human characters, but we also really wanted... We really wanted the human drama to inform what was going on with the monster drama. Because that's one of the things that, uh, what did I, I had a word for it. I think I called it uh, roof gawking, because it's where in some <laughs> kaiju movies, sometimes you'll stand on top of a roof and just gawk at the monsters as they fight. And... That works for certain films like GMK, where the humans are in the middle of the action. They're in the middle of what's happening. Yeah, but but I, like I said, I, I appreciate that. It was it was it definitely. And back on the on the point about the monster choreography, choreographing the fights, I definitely that just that just to me feels like 
I, I like the chaos angle of some of the other books because that's the point. It's supposed to be chaos, and you're not really sure exactly what's happening. But I also feel that in a fight, especially if you're supposed to care about one of the one or both of the contenders, there has to be an ebb and flow of combat. Combat has to have a, a, a story in and of itself. There has to be the underdog coming at him, being beat back, coming at him again, being beat back, being beat back again. Being beat back again, being beat back again. Aww. <laughs> yeah. So well, you definitely. I mean, I'm flipping through the comic right now, and I would say you really only have like maybe a couple of the pages that don't have any monster stuff happening in them. So, I would <laughs> definitely say that you have merged, mixed your human elements and your monster elements very well. And it just, I mean, I, I would totally like to see more comics with these characters too. I like how <laughs> you hinted that they had a past, uh, the two sort of main characters had a past, and there was almost a tiny little bit of some uh, existing Godzilla human characters in there too, uh, like the the lady pilot from uh, from Megaguirus. I almost felt like there was a little bit of her in there, and just it was just cool. <laughs> it was really cool. Yeah, I, uh, I, I agree. The um, I, I really enjoyed how you merged the story between the the human characters and the the monsters that like you said with the uh, the roof gawking that's you know we we didn't have that i mean there was some genuine concern from the humans for you know for the battle and uh, and they felt compelled to to uh to react to the battle i don't want to say you know what what exactly that their reaction was but i i like the fact that you kind of tied that the two were tied together there well, I appreciate that. I mean, a lot of that is also it, 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 that's almost entirely Jeff. I mean, well, I take he it all back. Has then. Great, <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he he has a great. Uh, he's he and I have been working on some stuff. We've been trying to pitch stuff and get stuff going for a while now. This is our first official collaboration together. He and I have actually been been pitching stuff and working on stuff together for a couple of years now, and. Uh, he's really good at being able to bring the human drama to the forefront of what's going on and really mix it with with the monster stuff because, I mean, you can have a... Although I do believe you can have a story that's just about monsters, if you have a story with humans and monsters, they have to inform each other because ultimately they are stories about people because people are the ones who created the monsters. People are the ones to that it's our responsibility to vanquish them or to we'll just take responsibility for these monsters. So I think that that's why I like working with Jeff so much because he's really in tune with that. He's able to take all the hue and cry and nonsense that's rattling around in my head and <laughs> streamline it. Very cool. So yeah. let's, uh, let's talk about some details about this here. We've got, um, this book comes out. When when can fans expect to see this book in their comic shop? Well, uh, believe it or not, I was under the impression it was going to be the 23rd for the longest time, but believe it or not, it is next Wednesday. It is a week from today. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, and I think it got bumped up. I'm not sure, to be honest. That's just what Diamond started saying. And, yeah, I, I actually just, uh, just spent the last couple of days working on some sketch incentive covers. I saw which, that on Facebook. That was, that was awesome. Yeah, that was. Oh, thank you. That was that was crazy in and of itself. If if a store orders fifty or more covers 
they're supposed to get at least one. So uh, they were a lot of fun to do. That was fun to see. Now, how many ways, how many angles can I draw Godzilla's face at? But <laughs> although after a while, that just kind of dissolved. And I was like, I just got to get done. You so- should send me that picture so I can repost it on the Facebook page so that people can see. Because it's pretty <laughs> awesome. It's like Matt took a picture of his floor. Oh. And there's just like tons and tons of these comics, like the blank page with his drawing on it. It was it was uh, most impressive. One hundred and fifteen covers. Oh my goodness! <laughs> wow. So I think what you need is a picture of you in the middle of that pulling at your hair, probably is, <laughs> <laughs> or I swimming through that. them like Scrooge McDuck. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, sadly, I've already shipped those back oh. to to IW. You're rich so, in Godzilla. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they'll send you more blank covers, man. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, well, we'll see. We'll see. I'm hoping, honestly, I'm hoping that they do because I'm hoping that I'm, I'm secretly hoping for like a second printing or something because our, the pre-orders are already out. I think the pre-orders are set. So hopefully enough people will buy it though. And then people will go and not be able to find it and then demand a second printing. So <laughs> yes. yes. Um, Anything we can do to help spread that demand. Yes. So you want me to buy every copy in Portland? Is that what you're saying? Is that, I think that's what he just said. I'm not, okay. I'm not, not saying that, but I'm not, <laughs> not, not saying that. Uh, no, no. I just, I really, what I really want is I want my fellow fans to just to be able to read it. I want every one of my fellow fans to be able to get a hold of it and to read it and enjoy it. Because I think we have a strong story there, which I, like I said, I'm, I'm floored that you guys appreciated it as much as you did. You know, and I want everybody to be able to enjoy it and experience it because it's nice that we can get such a wide range of artists and creatives attached to this to this property to because you know you look back on the Marvel Godzilla comics or the Dark Horse Godzilla comics, which I love both of those, but they were all kind of one note. They were all kind of, well, they were all, and granted, they were also all one storyline, but they were one note and one theme and one tone. It's nice that we're getting this huge range of tones and writers and artists, and it's just, it's really nice. I like where it's going. Excellent. Is this series a mini-series, or is it going to be an ongoing book? No, it's just a mini-series. It's only five issues. The... The st- and I and I and I sincerely hope that everybody is on board for the subsequent issues as well because there's some really great stuff coming down the pipe. Yeah, what uh, is what is next on the on the uh, on the docket for Godzilla Legends? The the second issue is going to be Rodan. It's a Rodan centric story. Mm-hmm. I can't think of the artist's name off the top of my head, but Chris Scalf is doing the cover, one of the covers for that, cool. and he's a long time like a G fan contributor and he's, he's been around for a while and it's really nice to see him in the Godzilla game again. And then the issue after that is a Titanosaurus story, which yeah. I think is going to have some really cool cameos in it. Like I think even Miki Saguza might appear in it. Um, <laughs> that's going to be cool. <laughs> I know oh, that's going to be fun. Uh, Does Toho own the rights to uh, her character? <laughs> I'm sure they the do, right? Ones, I think the only characters they're really they're really rigid about are the monsters. I think is if you because because that's something that uh, that's something that Jeff Zornow told me was that when he was making his King Ghidorah cover for Godzilla issue five or Kingdom of Monsters issue five or I think that was issue five, he asked like he asked Toho, 
can I use maser tanks? And they were like, whatever. So it almost feels like the ancillary universe is just kind of open to whatever. You can just throw stuff in. I mean, I did a hetero cover for issue 10, I think, of Kingdom of Monsters. And I I started throwing in stuff like, oh, he's this big moon. It would be cool if he had, like, stuff stuck in him. So I threw in, like, I threw in a Mazer jet from Godzilla vs. Mothra, 1992. I threw in, I think, a Mazer tank. I actually threw in, it could either be considered the ship from Gorath or the VTOL from the Science Patrol from the original Ultraman. Ultraman. Yeah. They were the same model. Nice. So that shows you how big of a freaking nerd I am. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done, sir. Dude, I already know you're a Godzilla nerd. <laughs> in, a, uh, in the best possible way. Uh, <laughs> label that for the rest of my life. That's uh, good, though. That's it's good. It's a, a good label. You'd be in good company yeah. in this room, let me tell you. Yeah. So for your first, for the first issue, you're, there are five different covers. You have uh, Art Adams' cover. We have your cover. Bob mm. Eggleton did a cover. Then there's also yes. a black and white Art Adams cover. And then mm-hmm. the potentially your comic book shop will get the 50-issue ordering retailer incentive cover that's a sketch cover by you, right? Yes, the the one in 115 sketch covers. Oh, my gosh. Okay, well, I hope my comic shop has that. Kyle now wants them all. I get them all anyway. <laughs> I always buy them all. It's Yeah, it's the way he rolls. Uh, so what is what is next on the docket for you? Well, um, you know, I'm still doing Kingdom of Monsters covers. Those are still coming out of the pipe. Man, they're... That that book is selling pretty well because they're they, or it must be because they're they've got plans in well into next year for that, and uh, so I'm still doing covers on those. Right now, I'm actually kind of taking a break from Godzilla in general and working not in general, but I'm I'm working on a Transformers comic right now, uh, for Fun Publications, which they do the official Collectors Club Transformers comic once or twice a year. And I'm doing the tie-in comic, I think, for, for BotCon, for the... for the tra- I, I think it's for BotCon. So I, I'm so in the dark about this. I'm just drawing the robots. <laughs> you just draw stuff, so, yeah. yeah. I say yeah. I draw big robots. That's right. I'm pitching a few other things for Godzilla right now. We're seeing how the miniseries go. We're seeing how, how people respond to the miniseries, how the sales are. But, you know, I'm hopeful that maybe maybe next year I can have something else come out that I can do, you know, the interiors for. So, yeah, keep them busy. Well, I would I would definitely look forward to that. I thoroughly enjoyed this comic and am definitely looking forward to the second in the series. Absolutely. Totally, absolutely, man. Ah. Well, uh, Matt, thank you so much for joining us tonight. And uh, everybody, you know, get out your, what, four bucks and go down to your comic <laughs> shop and go buy yourself a copy of... Godzilla Legends next Wednesday, <laughs> the 16th of November. Cool, man. Well, yes. again, thank you uh, for joining us. And uh, I will have to talk to you again very soon, sir, because, uh, you know, we we had such a good time on your first call with us. Yes. Keep up the good work. Yes. Thank you. Oh, thank, thank you guys very much. I appreciate it. It's always a pleasure to talk to Matt Frank. What a charmer. What a gentleman. You know, what a Godzilla fan. Uh, I have to say, and I didn't really want to say this over the phone to him, but uh, that guy is really who should be de- dealing with the Godzilla comics. I mean, Eric Powell's great. I really love the goon. I like other stuff that Eric Powell has done. Uh, but God, he's not 
he's not a real big Godzilla fan. Make sure you get out there and pick up Godzilla Legends. We're going to switch gears now, and we're going to talk about uh, my trip to Japan, which feels like a million years ago now. He claims we're going to talk about it. Basically, I think Jeff and I are just going to fawn over him. And, we're uh, just going to drool over right. what he says. He's like, oh, Kyle, that sounds so great. Yes, he rubs oh, that's so our amazing. noses. He's going to rub oh, our noses God, in Oh, my God, you it. were totally there, and we weren't. Oh, I'm Godzilla Tokyo, too. Only thing we can say is, oh, that's cool. <laughs> I was making and fun then, of my shirt. I am not making fun of your shirt. And then we'll I love leave your shirt. With our heads, I Godzilla your down. shirt even. Okay. Did you say with your heads down? <laughs> we will. We'll we'll leave depressed. Oh, I thought you meant bowing to the superior travel well, okay, experience. That, that yeah, is a lot of. There's a lot of bowing that happens in Japan, and I'm I'm all cool with it. But some of the people on the trip that I was with, like I went for work, obviously, and some of those people were like. There's a lot of bowing here. Every time somebody says something, people are bowing. And I'm like, that's the culture. Well, I thought I thought you were kind of wrapped up in it because when we came in tonight, you made us bow, which I thought was a little <laughs> weird, but I just I went with it. Only a little weird. Well, there was that red carpet too that he had rolled out just for him that then he like slapped our wrists when we tried to step on ourselves. And we, we had to walk around the yeah. side. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, boy, these are good times, you guys. Aren't you Real glad you times. decided to have both of us co-host? Isn't I, this a good idea? I thought I, thought I did. Tag I thought teams. I, yeah. There's nobody here for me to fist bump. Nope. On my side nope. Of the desk. It's all over here. All right. Well, um, where do I start with this whole thing? Uh, maybe Japan. No, I'm only going to talk about Japan. <laughs> we definitely don't have enough time for me to talk about the rest of my trip, which included Taiwan, Vietnam, and several cities in China. I guess I found out maybe, I don't know, like three or four months ago that I was going to go to Asia for work. Um, I work for a company that makes baseball bats, and some of our parts are from uh, those countries. And uh, I was excited, you know, sort of excited. I haven't been to Asia in a long time, and uh, it was definitely, oh, yeah, I make the faces. (laughs) Vamp for the camera that's not here. It's all for you, Kyle. It's all for you. Uh, Anyway, it was was kind of... um, I was kind of happy about it until I found out we were going to Japan. And then I kind of lost my mind a little bit and um, and uh, immediately started figuring out uh, how I could spend more time there. In hindsight, there were two problems I had. The first was that I was only there for one extra day because being there for work, it is literally like wake up in the morning, do stuff for work until you get back to your hotel room at night. Mm-hmm. First world problems, you guys. It's really hard. I was going to say, by do stuff for work, he means get up, have breakfast, meet people, tour some places, get fed lunch, tour some more places, get fed drinks. Hang out at the bars, drinking sake all night. Yeah, get fed drinks, then pass out. It was not sake all night. There was a lot of alcohol. I I saw photos. There was definitely definitely a lot of variety in the alcohol. So... uh, but I, I figured I could only really afford one day in Japan by myself because I'm not, you know, Mr. Moneybags. Um, so in hindsight, I would definitely say more time is is a requirement there. One day to do everything I wanted to do is definitely not enough. And uh, even two days or three days would have been, I think three days I probably could could have done it. When, for, I, when I heard how much you had planned to pack into that one day, I uh, I didn't want to discourage you by any means because, you know, go, go Gadget Kyle, I mean, if you can. But that was, that was a lot, I a wanna, lot slated. I just want to say that of all the things that I had planned to do, I did almost all of them. 
It's true. Yeah, I thought you crammed a lot of stuff in there. You have a lot to be proud about. Thank you, Jeff. <laughs> so are you, you going to go into any detail right now about... Nope, trip was fun. That's good. No, <laughs> uh, no, no. I, I'll go into detail. So it's a, it was like a 12-hour flight from San Francisco to, to Tokyo. Um, I did not sleep at all. And, of course, the night before when I was Always packing... Always a good decision. The night before when I was packing, I... Uh, did not sleep very much either because I was all super excited. That's me too. Before any trip, I I can't. I'm up until three, four, five o'clock in the morning. Even if it's just a jaunt down to California, I just can't. Yeah. And and packing too. You know, I gotta have everything ready to go. And this is Do all I there. Do I have this? Do I have that? And then Heather and Justin picked me up like early in the morning, like six o'clock in the morning, to take me to the airport. Can I just say, I worked until 11.30 the night before, but Kyle gave me the super sad face when I was like, well, Justin will pick you up in the morning. And he looks at me and he's like, mur, 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 mur. And I'm like, okay, I will be there as well. Uh, I don't recall any super sad face. <laughs> Do I make that without uh, meaning to? Anyway. Yeah. Uh, so they drove me to the airport. I hopped on the plane, took my plane off to uh, San Francisco, jumped out of the plane, hopped on the next plane. I was like literally on the on the runway, hopping out of the plane uh, running to the next one. And then once I landed in Japan, I was all ganked out. I mean, I had had barely any sleep. I didn't know what, I knew what time it was, but it didn't feel right. Mm-hmm. And then I look at my phone and my phone doesn't work in Japan. And that is uh, hindsight problem number two. <laughs> so, uh, and, and this is one of those things that if I had known it would have been fine, but I didn't, I mean, I thought my phone was going to work in Japan. I really, really, really needed my phone. Because right, it's your work phone. So you would assume that your work would probably tell you, by the way, if you want your phone to work, X or Y or Z. Yes. And I don't need to go into a, a little no. complaining fest no, about that. Because no. I'm very lucky to have been over there in the yes. first place. But not having a phone was mildly, mildly crippling to my plans. I got into Japan, got into the hotel, checked in, and I barely had enough time before I went out with a friend of mine named Nikki. Uh, and we, she took me to a lovely vegetarian restaurant in Shibuya because I be a vegetarian. Uh, thumbs down from Jeff. No, no, no. I was just sorry. I, and I'm dancing. Heather's and doing saying, a little dance. I'm dancing and saying Shibuya. Shibuya. <laughs> Shibuya. <laughs> I had never thought about that before. <laughs> I should have yelled that while I was there. Uh, anyway, in Shibuya. We finished eating, and as we were leaving, I was like, "Oh, where's the uh, 109 building?" And the um, because because Gamera destroys that building really thoroughly in one of these movies. And she goes, "Oh, you mean the one right behind you?" <laughs> and I like turn around and look. I'm like, "Silly I'm, American, I'm gonna need a minute. I need to take a picture." <laughs> so, I need a couple minutes. That was alone. my that was my first my first picture in Japan. Pretty much was the the 109 building, and I was like. <laughs> camera destroyed that camera three. So, uh, it was it, it was a long day and I finally made it back to the hotel Nikki helped me out with trying to figure out like how all the trains work um, not you know in literal terms but you know, <laughs> where because there's a ton of lines it's not just you know the Tokyo Metro subway there's the Tokyo Metro subway there's the Toei something or other line the Odaku line there's all sorts of all sorts of different train lines to take and I was staying, um, not in Shibuya, but I was staying in Shinjuku, which is a huge, huge, huge station. Um, uh, I was actually staying in Nishi Shinjuku, which is the next station down on one of the train lines. So 
it can get kind of confusing. Um, the next day, I got up really early, went and had breakfast, and uh, decided to head out to Toho Studios and to Ultraman Street. Mm. That was cool. So I, I stopped there. Oh, I should definitely play this. Um, so Ultraman Street has a... Uh, as soon as you step off the train, there's Ultraman signage everywhere. And it's it's actually very surreal because... Um, I think out of everything that I've seen about Japan, I stumbled across Ultraman Street. Like nobody said, oh, you've got to check this out. It's not in any books that I know of or any references. It's just really crazy. Um, while you're in the train station, however, you get to hear this. Which is the little chimes that play right before each announcement. <laughs> I was like laughing so hard trying to hold up the audio recorder to, to get this because it was uh, very, very interesting. You and missed cool. how many of your trains to try and record that? Um, three. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Kyle. Um, but anyway, you get off the train at this train station and you uh, basically, if you, if you get out on the main street and you head south, you'll walk down Ultraman Street. That kind of dead ends into like a little tiny river. And that river um, it sort of bisects the Toho lot. So if you're looking for the Godzilla statue on the internet, and all of my research was done online, um, basically me checking out Google Maps and trying to find this and that and the other. And um, lucky, luckily for me, there are a couple of websites that I was able to find, like the location of Toho Studios and Katakawa Pictures Studios and... Um, Ultraman Street as well. Uh, Ultraman Street is really cool. They have these sign, uh, not signs, light posts, right? So lamps that light the street street at night. Street lights. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, Anyway, these, if you are standing underneath them and you look up at them, they have two orbs that are the lights and the, the sort of silver fin that connects them and it looks like Ultraman's mask, yeah. sort of like a stylized version of it. Spared no expense. Spared no expense. It's really cool. And I think at one point when I was doing research on it, I found out that there are these like little windows down in the bottom that uh, have like little scenes in them from the Ultraman series. Really? Yeah. It's, yeah. Like, it's like a viewfinder inside the streetlight. Yeah, right? something like, like that. I except think. Except you don't click through it. I think. You didn't actually partake in it while you were there. Because I completely spaced it. I completely yeah. forgot about it. And I didn't. It was like later on when I was hanging out with another friend of mine. And she was like, oh, yeah, don't they have those little things in the streetlights? And I was just like, don't. They sure yes, do. I think they do. <laughs> I'm not sure, though, because I. So uh, anyway, you head south on Ultraman Street. And there's a little bit of Ultraman stuff on the street, but. Uh, once you get into the Toho, once you get past, there's like a big long stretch of, of no Ultraman at all in the street. Um, and With actually, the exception saw, of shops that are shops that are kind of into the fact that they're on Ultraman Street, right? You saw yeah, a, couple, yeah. a couple places that kind of played up the Ultraman thing. Definitely. Were there a lot of shops there selling a bunch of, bunch of Ultraman merchandise? Or not, no? not really. There was. I found one shop that had. Um, Ultraman figures on display. They weren't they weren't for sale. They were just on display. Hmm. Um, and that was a bookstore, and he was closing, and he let me come in and take some pictures. So thanks, dude, or arigato gozaimasu, as I would say if I was over there. Um, and then, 
so Toho, the funny thing about Toho is I had no idea how big Toho was. I didn't know that this river bisected the Toho lot. And so when I went down to the river, which is on the south side of the lot, I headed north along the river and um, basically did an entire circle around the entire what I thought was the entire Toho lot. And I couldn't find this Godzilla statue, which is supposed to be accessible mm-hmm. by uh, average anybody. Civilians. Uh, yeah, average Joe. Joe, Joe Q, Japanese, I guess. And um, so <laughs> so we're, uh, I'm, I keep saying we're. So I, I walk all the way around. I find a. It's like he carried us with him. Just, we, the we. entire Kaiju Cast listenership. That's right. You're, yes. you're with me. I'm, I'm hoping that I'm Kaiju doing such cast. a. I, I actually such a great job. Of I actually talking. did get a call from Kyle while he was in Japan, and I was uh, both confused and flattered at the. At first, I thought that he was uh, accidentally pocket dialing me, which I was like, "Oh my god, this is going to cost a fortune!" But uh, <laughs> but but no, he meant to call me and uh, and and wish me well and tell me of his day. So I was I was very I was very flattered to get said phone call. It's good time. So the whole Kaiju Cast army. Was with you. Yeah, yeah, in in spirit, <clears throat> the spirit of the army. Anyway, I found a security guard, and in Japanese, I said, "Excuse me, I know a little Japanese. Where is Godzilla?" <laughs> <laughs> and um, he totally was like, pointed over the bridge. He's like, "Turn left," and I was like, "Oh." It's over there. Okay. So I went over and I found the statue. Like, you Americans, so adorable. <laughs> and I hung out with the statue for a little while. I was trying to take pictures of it and pictures of me with it with my extremely long American arms. And then um, that didn't work out so well. So I, I actually had somebody take a picture. I went up to the um, the desk, the reception desk there, uh, the security window. And there were like four or five people working in there. And I was, I asked if anybody spoke English. Nobody spoke any English, <laughs> and so uh, I held up my camera and I was like um, doing the motions. You're like, like me, love me, Godzilla. You <laughs> picture me, Godzilla, spooning. Like, oh, no, <laughs> never. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so uh, a very nice woman came out and took my f- took a couple of pictures for me, and I. I had to hold back because I really wanted to do the glomp hug onto the statue, but because she was part of the security task force, I just didn't feel super comfortable doing that, you guys. Yeah, you, you'd uh, want to be hauled off into right. Right. prison. Rather than pointing the camera at you, she very well could have pepper sprayed you. So And and taken my camera. Yeah. Uh and then after after that was all done, I took a you know, took a bunch of pictures of the gigantic seven samurai mural. Um, as I was leaving, I Which spied. Which is gorgeous. Yeah, oh my gosh, definitely. I mean, th- that has to be, I'm terrible with measuring distances. That has to be at least five inches tall. <laughs> I'm also <laughs> terrible at measuring inches, uh, measurements like that, and I would say that it is at least 10 inches tall, Kyle. Okay, okay, we'll double that. <laughs> yes. now, it's, it, I mean, this thing, is this, it's as tall as a studio building, so it's probably, in, in all honesty, it's probably about 20, 30 feet tall. I think it's big things you can see photos of that I believe on the Facebook page and as I was leaving I spied a Mothra mural in the very very back of the parking lot and I took a picture with my camera that doesn't zoom and realized that was no good and so I had to pull out the camera that does zoom and like balance it against the wall and go and like take the picture uh, and then I left and I had to go find Matt Alt 
And I went to a place called Kichijoji. And if anybody listened to the Yokai Spooktacular episode from uh, from October, which took me entirely too long to produce, to edit together, that was a little craziness. Basically, like, <laughs> this episode will go online, like, this week. And then last week, at the end of the beginning of last week, was the end of October. So the Ultraman episode went online. And, the <laughs> like, maybe four days prior, the Yokai episode went online. I digress. Um, so I found Matt Alt. We did our interview. If you want to hear that, you listen to the Yokai Spooktacular episode from October of 2011, episode 43, I believe. And then that's, everything was going great up until that point. I left Matt, hopped on the train to head back to Shinjuku. And I knew I needed to go from Shinjuku one stop over on a different train line to Nishi Shinjuku. Now, Shinjuku is a big train station. So does that translate to like new Shinjuku or what is that actually? No, Nishi, I don't know what Nishi means. No, I don't know what Nishi means. Nishi means. Because it sort of sounds like, you know, Mexico, New Mexico, but it's not. Well, I think new is some, actually, I don't know what that new is. Sorry Shin? to put you on the spot for translation is there. I was Shin? just sort of curious. Anyway. Yeah, I'm not sure. All I know is that uh, I was not actually staying in Shinjuku. So I got lost in the train station, first of all. Everything is labeled in English, but it's like massive Japanese letters, tiny little English letters. <laughs> uh, and so I got a little bit lost in, in Shinjuku. And the whole time I'm looking at my at my watch and I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Because my second interview was with... Um, Shusuke Kaneko, the director of the Gamera series. This is where I started to stress out people. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is, trust me, this is where I was definitely starting to stress out. And um, I was supposed to meet my translator at the hotel 15 minutes before the before Kaneko was supposed to get there. Uh, a lovely lady named Shannon Sullivan um, helped me out. But uh, I got to the platform and I got on the wrong freaking train <laughs> going the wrong direction and realized that it immediately as the doors were closing, got off at the next stop, hopped over to the other side of the tracks, took the right train into the right station, bolted upstairs, asked a guard, like one of the one of the subway guys. Ticket takers or something. Yeah. yeah. I was like, in Japanese, I was like, uh, pointing at my map, where's the Hilton Tokyo? And he's like, <laughs> oh, he tells, tries to tell me to take the next train stop down. I'm like, like no, 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 no. We've no. been there. <laughs> like, no and at this point, it's like, I'm supposed to meet them I'm supposed to meet her at 1.45 and meet Kaneko at 2 o'clock. And so it's already like 1.53 or something like that. And I'm freaking out because I have no phone yeah. and uh, no way to get in touch with anybody and say, I'm running late, you know. So, uh, What on earth did we do before cell phones? How how did any of this work out? Oh, no, wait. You tried a pay phone. <laughs> I did try a pay phone. Yeah. I bolted out of the, out of the, uh, of the train station and I immediately saw a payphone, and I had like, I don't know, like 300 yen in my pocket, which is like change. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I jumped in there, and I had her number, and I tried to call her number, but <laughs> dialing numbers in Japan is a little bit different than dialing numbers in the U.S. Not all numbers. Either that, like, or we just no longer know how to use payphones as well, like, a possibility. <laughs> even here, you know, depending on what city you're in, you know, you have to dial either seven numbers, or you have to dial ten numbers. Yes. So it's yeah. kind of like the same thing, I think, in Japan. And whatever happened, I dialed the wrong number because the woman answered in so mushy, you just, mushy, you just mushy, con- mushy. You just confused some strange woman in some other province. Especially when I called her Shannon. <laughs> and then she hung up on me and I'm like, 
ah, there goes my money. Yeah, and like I, you just crank called a lady in Japan. Basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Scarred her. Yeah. I was like, Shannon, I'm running late. <laughs> She's like, ah, yelling Nani? at me. Anyway, uh, so as I will tell you guys, if you go to Japan and you don't have like a guide with you, which it would be helpful if you had a guide with you, but if you don't have a guide with you, get yourself a compass because I knew I had to run west. And I went west. I went west because I was a young man. I would not really, but uh, <laughs> I would like. I would like to make a. I would like to make a, a, a sad little movie of your. It wouldn't all be sad, but I would. I would like to make. I would like to make a little movie. It would be a your, comedy. It would. Yeah. It would this be section. This section tragedy would be tragedy. Yeah. Yeah. Of of you uh, with your compass and and your uh, and your how how do you, how do you say Hilton. So they, oh yeah, yeah. So, so they understand. So because <laughs> you can't say Hilton. And I'm not. This is true. This is not. I'm not making fun of them. No, no. But like, it's called the Hilton Tokyo. Mm-hmm. However, they don't say Hilton. They say the Japanese equivalent of that, which is a bunch of syllables that sounds like Hiruten. Mm-hmm. So when I said Hilton Tokyo, the guy was like, "Oh," what? and then no. I had to say Hiruten Tokyo or Hiruten Tokyo or whatever it was, and he got that. Same thing for, uh, I asked somebody about Katakawa Pictures mm-hmm. or Katakawa Studios, and they like looked at me crazy. Like, I don't, I've never heard of this company. And I right. said, it might be Katakawa. And they go, oh, Katakawa. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, got it. It's, you know, and I think when you told me this, I said the same thing about when I was in Scotland, that it was literally. I was like, are these people putting me on? I think yeah. they're, I think they're, I think they're messing with me at this point. That you know, I know you know what a flashlight is. Don't say that I have to call it a torch for you to know what I mean, because it's a flashlight. You've seen movies. You've seen American movies. It's a flashlight. No yeah. torch. Okay, I need batteries for a torch. Yes. Okay. There we go. At least they're called batteries. Yes. Yeah. Yes, they were anyway. called batteries. So yeah, I finally, I, I finally made it to the hotel. I had, I had been running. And uh, as you two know, I'm not a runner. No. Not a runner. No. So we got to the hotel and... Uh, at this point it is... Well, you're covered in sweat. Uh, yeah, definitely covered in sweat. And at this point, it's probably like 2... Probably 2.15. So I'm late. Not I'm really late for Shannon. Right. Like half an hour half for an hour Shannon. Late. Yeah. And for my interpreter, Shannon, and, and 15 minutes late for Kaneko, which first off, terrible, 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 terrible first impressions. I was sweaty out of breath in pain because my knee started hurting as i was running because i'm an old man (laughs) and um and terribly embarrassed as well i mean seriously this is my first impression to the director of not just the gamma trilogy but one of my favorite godzilla movies and i'm just like I felt like I was like, oh, hey, bro, what's up? I'm late. Sorry. (laughs) I know that's not how I was at all, but that just felt absolutely terrible. Now, did you have a did you have a gift for him? Yeah, I yeah, I did. If you if you go to Japan and you meet with people, it's it's nice to give them a gift. Yes. So, I brought gifts for everyone. And uh for Matt Alt because he wrote Yokai Attack, I gave him a book about uh Oregon ghosts and creepy things that go bump in the night. Mhm. Uh Shusuke Kaneko received on the um, suggestion of my friend Billy from Billy Galaxy, uh, Marion Berry and other Oregon jams. Yeah. Which Ooh. is, it's nice, but it's like, it's kind of weird. Like, I don't know if this guy likes jam. Yeah. I don't know if this guy's allergic to fruit. 
Who could be like diabetic. Jail? Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> Here you go, Kaneko. <laughs> he lives in Japan. I don't think they have the same diabetic problem we do here. You don't know. It's true. It's a crapshoot. No, Talking I'm pretty sure he knows head. that they don't have the same diabetic problem that we have here because the answer is we have the diabetic problem yeah. here. <laughs> so uh, anyway, I'm I'm, uh, I'm extremely late. I'm extremely tired. I'm extremely sweaty. I'm extremely out of breath and I'm extremely, extremely embarrassed and apologetic. Yes. Uh, but... Regardless, they were both still there. Um, I recognized Shannon immediately, and I uh, recognized Kaneko immediately too. So we went and did the interview, which because we started late, which we didn't end up starting till two forty. Uh, I was clearly going to be late for my next appointment, which was not an interview. It was um, it was a meetup with um, the suit maker for the Godzilla series, Shinichi Wakasa. Everybody, yeah. I. Uh, I won't go into the whole long story about that, but basically uh, not having the phone again really, really hurt me. Mm-hmm. Strike two phone. So uh, missed Wakasa. So that was the one thing that I missed yeah. out, of, out of my trip to Japan. Uh, we, we waited around for him, but he, he you know, he, I, again, he, I'm sure he waited around as well, but I hate having people wait for me anyway. We left that train stop and I headed back to the hotel where I was supposed to meet Norman England. Was Shannon still with you at this point? Uh, Shannon actually hung out with me during the interview with Kaneko and then the entire train ride out to wherever Wakasa's studio is and then back into Shinjuku, which was great. Shannon's a really cool girl. Uh, and so we you had couldn't a good use Shannon's phone? or Well, I didn't have Wakasa's number, unfortunately. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I... and. The lame, here's the lame part, okay? So not only did the phone, I did not have a phone. My only communication with some of these people was Facebook. Uh, Wakasa, while we were gone, messaged me through Facebook and gave me his studio number. Oh. And I was like, no! So, uh, and Wakasa, for Wakasa, we have a very, very famous donut shop here in Portland called Voodoo Donuts. And uh, every day on Facebook, he posts a photo of his T-shirt. And I was like, oh, what could be cooler than saying, I know you like T-shirts. Here's a T-shirt from Voodoo Donuts. Yes. Uh, it could be a lot cooler if you're actually there to give him it in person. So. <laughs> Did you leave it for him? Yes. I actually, uh, I left it with one of my work contacts from from the company that i work for and they i did receive communication from him the other day said thanking me for the shirt so oh good so you have had he some did get further it, yeah. communication with him yes it was still still extremely unfortunate so that's like two things right in a row that's just like Arr. right um, this is why i was this is and I, yeah. I know i've said this to you this is why i was so stressed about how many things you had scheduled for the day yeah and when, i mean honestly it's again it if it wasn't for getting lost in Shinjuku that one time, I know probably would have been okay. I know. I mm. will. I will say, you know, on the show that this Shusuke Kaneko interview didn't really go so well. Um, I got some really great stuff out of it, but uh, he spoke English the entire time, pretty much, and um, it just wasn't wasn't super awesome. So it's not going to make for a great radio kind of stuff. So I'm going to turn that into a written interview and it'll be some yeah. sort of supplemental material, I guess you could say. Uh, but anyway, got back to the hotel to meet with Norman that evening. And this again, all in one night, all in one day here. So uh, finally met up with Norman. I wasn't late for that. 
And we talked forever. I mean, we talked, it was supposed to be an hour long interview for the show or less Mm -hmm. hour or less interview for the show. And we ended up talking for like over two hours. In fact, we, we talked for so long that by the end of it, I was like, Oh my gosh, dude, I am so tired. <laughs> I just remember that I haven't slept in 48 hours, yeah. and that's on the other side of the planet. Yeah. I don't even know how many hours I haven't slept here. Yeah, he was like, I think he was like, yeah, you want to go get some food? I'm like, I do, but I... I think I might just curl up here for a while. <laughs> I think I need to go upstairs and close my eyes for a few minutes. <laughs> so actually, when I when I play, because that's actually, I recorded enough inform- enough for two episodes with Norman. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you hear that, one of the, uh, one of the interview, <coughs> one of the show content pieces, you might hear me be a little less engaging of a, of a host. Cause I'm a, I was really, really tired. I was gonna say, so you were as, sleeping while he was yeah, speaking. Yeah. I was going to say, so long as you don't start slurring and leaning on the microphone and <laughs> no, I wasn't drinking. That was good though. No, you don't have good. to drink to get to that point. If you've been up for like 48 hours, I think you can, you can get there all on your own. Yeah. Um, so that was my that was my day off in in Japan and and the next day woke up we had our meetings and went to tour stuff and uh, that was all great and fun we had a good time with the people <laughs> in Japan. Uh, then, did you go on an adventure? I did with and, some coworkers. Yeah. So the two people that I was traveling with from Portland, um, I did not. There are a couple things I didn't get to do. I didn't get to go to the bookstore. I wanted to go to a bookstore called Book Off, which they're everywhere. I really could have gone to one of them, but I just didn't have the time. That's really kind of showcases how busy we were. Uh, there is a smaller Godzilla statue in the Ginza district that I wanted to go get my picture next to. Mm-hmm. And he was then... going to try and pry it off the crowbar. <laughs> Don't lie. Actually, they made they made a replica of that that you can buy. It's like. I think a couple thousand dollars for oh, that statue. Is that all? What, what's the size of it? Let's get three. Maybe, I don't know, maybe like three feet tall at the most. Wow. Yeah, it seems really tall. It's probably less. I, yeah, he's, we're all bad at this, people. It's, uh, <laughs> I don't know, it's probably about five inches tall. <laughs> <laughs> it's huge. And yeah. by which we five mean five inches. 30 stories. Wait, no. That's uh, something, something in between. But yeah, so you uh, you realized that you'd been waking up at four o'clock in the morning, and that yes. you didn't really have anything to do until yeah, like so seven the, or so. So the so. time, the extreme time difference. You know, I go to sleep even if I go to sleep at midnight, which I did that night. Uh, I still wake up at four thirty in the morning, just of my own accord. Bing, wa- eyes wide accord. open. I cannot get back to sleep. Uh, breakfast doesn't start till till six in the morning. So. Um, you know, just kind of hanging out and being online and stuff is essentially what I was doing. So after our second day, as our first day as the group in Japan, um, I was like, hey, you guys, uh, you know how we're waking up early? If uh, if we wake up and have our breakfast, uh, would you be interested in maybe, you know, going on adventure an adventure? <laughs> you know, going on a little excursion with me to go see something cool? Because the one thing I did not get to do that I really wanted to do was find Katakawa pictures. Mm-hmm. And because they have these massive Daimajin statues out front. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, that sounds cool. And, um, you know, me by myself in Japan, I'm a little bit of a, you know, space case. Like, uh, I don't know where I'm going. Um, 
but when I'm with other Americans and I'm the only person that knows any Japanese and uh, and like I've a been rock there, star. I was a rock star. <laughs> it was cool. It was, uh, it was very mm. liberating, or not liberating, let, more validating. Let me, me wow you yeah. with my Japanese. Yeah, Sumimasan, Nihongo ga sukoshi Anyway, ignore what I just said. If you actually speak Japanese, I'm, that was just silliness. I think he ordered a sandwich. No, babbling. Yeah. So anyway, I we we hopped on this train line, the Odaku line, which heads way out west, and uh, found the stop where the Katakawa pictures were. And I was able to get off the train. We found it very quickly, uh, I, and I was actually kind of concerned because all the Google Street View <coughs> pictures of that street. Um, they show the pic, the statues behind this fence. And I was like, how am I going to get behind the fence, you guys? <laughs> and, it's easy. Uh, you take me along and I cause a distraction. Yeah. yeah. Lucky for me. It's your fence cutter. Yeah. <laughs> right. Lucky for me, uh, Katakawa has changed. They've done some remodeling and they no longer have those statues inaccessible to the public. So you can just walk right up to the statues. They're right there. I was so excited. I took a you know, a few different pictures. You can uh, walk right up to them and fist bump them you if you can, want. Which is exactly what I did. Yes. Fist bump the Mygene statue. And that is why that is my favorite, uh, one of my favorite pictures. Pictures, yes. So that was uh, that was my exciting time in Japan, you guys. It was a lot of fun. And uh, if anybody out there listening is ever interested in going and you know does go to Japan and they want to know exactly where the Katakawa Studios are or where Toho Studios uh, uh, is located, Ultraman Street where the God- little Godzilla statue is, even though I didn't go, I still know where it is. I'm happily, uh, I'm happily, I'm happy to share any of that information with you guys. And it will be nice to know and comforting, Heather, that the next time he goes, because now we are official co-hosts, we will be able to go too. Oh, yes. And, which I was On the Kaiju s- cast bill. That's right. I was going to say, though, when I'm made of dollars, which I'm sure will happen eventually, I'm working on that. Um, I will happily go with you to Japan, provided that we get to go and visit Sasuke and see some Ninja Warrior, because uh, I'm all about the Ninja Warrior. Deal. Yeah. Deal. Yeah. I will go and hug statues and jump fences with you all all you want, provided that we get to go <laughs> hit up some Sasuke. Oh, the other thing at the Katakawa Pictures uh, studio was that they had the Gamera Kitchen, which I took a whole bunch of pictures of that, too. Mm. I really wanted to go in. <laughs> I really could have hopped that fence because that fence is not really, that's not meant to keep people out. It's not meant to keep Americans out. It's no, definitely not no. meant to was, keep six foot tall say, Americans out. Yeah. That's right. It, it'd take like it was about, seven people to take you down. I mean, you could have It was about five there. inches. Yeah, I think yeah. it was about five the inches. Was about the five fence inches was five long. inches tall. five tall. inches high. Strange how everything in Japan is five inches tall. It's roughly five inches. You guys don't... We may have insulted some are, things are in you, this uh, process. I don't no. know what's going on. Are you on. doubting my abilities to measure and gauge, <laughs> to measure and gauge no. things in Japan? No, pro- possibly. Yes. I think it's a scale issue. Yes, I think so. <laughs> I think so. Uh, I'm also, I, so. I gauge children in that range, too. I, I do this arm wave of like waist waist to uh, to knee height. And I'm like, you know, they're Somewhere this, around there. this age. Um, what is that? Like four to... 12, four, four to 12. 12, four to 12 years old. Uh, they spoke, they spoke and they were able to walk on their own. That's, um, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm already sort of, uh, making sort of mental plans for what happens next time I go back. 
because uh, man, I I'm gonna hide in his luggage. I was I in can my do element, it. man. I can I do loved, it. Loved, loved, loved being in Japan. I, I've done it before. I can do it again. I I think you get really cold down I, there. I'm gonna say I can uh, I can wrap a blanket around me and uh, I will pay the checked bag. Okay. Uh, fee fee yeah. what? for that so um, so let's talk about that what are you going to do when they scan you <laughs> they they pass everybody through x-rays now make a funny face <laughs> human remains you guys i'm carrying i'd like <laughs> to declare is... human remains <laughs> in my bag it's just a mannequin with bones Heather, in it <laughs> when you hear the x-ray be extremely still <laughs> i am taking her back for a proper burial no she didn't just move <laughs> Uh, anyway, so I, I am going to go back and I really, well, I really hope to go back. Tiger wants to go too. But, if I wrap uh, myself around your leg, will they count me as another person or? I don't know. We could, we could, you could ride me like a backpack. There's you disguise <laughs> you as a backpack. That's Carry um, on luggage. Yes. All right. Well, well. uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway what anyway. kind of editing are you doing on this <laughs> yeah i don't know <laughs> i don't know we've been talking for a while i think it's time to take a break and when we come back we'll have a tiny tiny little bit of godzilla news what do you guys say Woo. sounds great maybe some local uh, definitely some local local godzilla news jeff <laughs> you're out of your element <laughs> i am i don't know what the hell's going on <laughs> so uh we're gonna take a break by playing a song uh from an album called Akira Ifukube Voyage to Dream Quest. This is the Atragon Suite.
United Nations reporter Eric Carter with the news. The world is stunned to discover that prehistoric creatures exist in the 20th century. The armies have been alerted as we wait for more news from Japan. So not too much news to report this uh, this month. There's a couple of things. Literally, uh, well, okay, so... Chris we, Hardwick is awesome. Yeah, we, we paused the uh, recording, and instead of just keeping you in the dark, listener, we thought we'd we'd tell you that we just went and met Chris Hardwick, who uh, does the Nerdist podcast, and um, he's cool, and I bought his book. And I have uh, no dollars for his book, but I, I got a hug anyway and promised him purchasing of his book for said hug later when dollars are achieved. Well, I really wish they'd come back to town when I'm, you know, here Not and stuff. outside the country. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, so uh, some breaking news, Godzilla fans. Literally, as we were driving down there, my phone buzzed, and it says, um, I got an article from The Hollywood Reporter saying that Legendary's Godzilla remake is now going to be written by Max Borenstein, or Borenstein. I really don't know which is which. Uh, it says, Max Borenstein has been... I just said it differently, has been tapped to write the planned remake of Godzilla. Gareth Edwards, the director of the indie sci-fi movie Monsters, is attached to direct the creature feature centered on the giant city-destroying monster-fighting lizard, which is in development at Legendary Pictures. Legendary's Thomas Tull and John Joshney are producing, along with Dan Lee, Roy Lee, and Brian Rogers. Uh, For those who listen, Brian Rogers is the guy who gave the interview where he talked to... Uh, blogger, I think, about uh, about it at about the film at some sort of 3D summit, and then it says uh, Warner Brothers will distribute uh, per its deal with Legendary. David Goyer from The Dark Knight previously worked on the script. Bornstein, who just turned in his script for Art of the Steel for Warner Brothers and producers Kevin McCormick and Zach Efron, is well acquainted with Legendary. He worked on the company's in-development Jimi Hendrix biopic, Jimmy, Jimmy, and rewrote the, <laughs> rewrote the outfit's supernatural fantasy, The Seventh Son. Is The Seventh... Oh, I'm thinking The Seventh Seal. The latter, the latter, based on the Joseph Delaney young adult book, is due to go into production with Jeff Bridges, Julianne Moore, and Ben Barnes attached to star Bornstein... Steen is repped by UTA Anonymous. Sorry, none of those content. names really leaped mind when all I think of young this adult. Stuff, yeah, all of this <laughs> stuff. Jeff Bridges, Julianne Moore. <laughs> none of it really matters. I mean, really, actually, the only thing that really matters is that once again, another writer bites the dust when it comes to Godzilla. Yeah. So who knows right. at this point when it comes to Godzilla in 2014? Ideally, they are continuing to revamp and not just tack on more and more writers to an existing screenplay because that's that can always be upsetting when you end up with you know like seven people writing a screenplay to a film yeah oh man we got this great story started by this one dude who worked on the script like 10 writers ago yeah i just don't want it to to not get done to death right you know i mean you want it you want it to be done well you don't want it to turn into like a bad game of telephone where one person starts a story and seven people later it's, you know, Godzilla in roller skates on a banana phone. <laughs> Although now I totally want that. I, wa- I think I might have a figure here somewhere where Godzilla has a banana <laughs> phone somewhere. Anyway, uh, so back to the other news stuff. Um, another big news thing is that today gangsters and Goliaths 
the IDW comic, um, written by John Lehman and drawn by Alberto Ponticelli. That is now out and available in trade paperback. So if you are not a single issue buyer, if you really want one of the best Godzilla stories I've ever read, you got to go get this book. It's uh, It came out today. It's Gangsters and Goliaths. Demand it at your comic book shop. And um, yeah, that's about all I have to say about that. Excellent. Hopefully you guys will all buy that, as well as Godzilla Legends. Yes. Which comes out next Wednesday. Next Wednesday. Uh, or possibly the Wednesday after that, depending on who you listen to. But demand it next week, and hopefully it'll be there by at least the week after. But Right, yeah. Yeah. And then um, we have Destroy All Monsters, which was supposed to have been released two weeks ago on Blu-ray. That finally showed up at my doorstep. Yay! Um, we watched a snippet of it up here. Heather, you've never seen Destroy All Monsters, right? I haven't right? seen Destroy All Monsters. I know. We're going to change that. I agree. That that has to get seen before our, whenever our date is for the, yes. watching it for the Daikaiju discussions. Because it's a, it's a really good film. It's definitely one of my favorites of the original Showa series. For a second there, I thought you were just telling me that we had a date that I didn't know about. No, Heather. I you, always know about our dates. Heather, you have a boyfriend. <laughs> I'm not that kind of guy. Um, but so I, I popped it in and checked it out. And sure enough, both the uh, international and the AIP dubs are on the Blu-ray. It looks really good. Um, the AIP dub is mangled a little bit. I think their original source was mangled. So uh, the we watched, I don't know, we watched like a little bit of the beginning. and Maybe 10 minutes. Yeah, there there's definitely some terrible like garble stuff going on where you can tell that you know whatever that was from goes straight through to uh the side of the you know the side of the film or whatever <laughs> like the this you know that little strip of sound that goes along the side of the film i think that got messed up <clears throat> anyway that uh that was my only complaint about it um also it don't it those two channels, both of them, the international and the English, I did not watch the whole movie, but they both sort of seem to be coming out of the center channel only and not the front left and rights. I'm going to do a little bit more research, of course, and, you know, get back to you guys with some real in-depth Godzilla reporting. That seems like a, something I should do. But what we saw looked very clean uh, as far as, you know, the quality of the of the blu-ray of the film it looked oh yeah looked very and, nice very clear and the japanese dialogue track sounds amazing like when i flipped it over to that track that was like uh you could hear it out of all the speakers and akira kubo's voice was extremely like loud and right there and and garbled or not it uh, did not keep him from doing high kicks when yeah. discovering the uh, <laughs> the, the, I, the the AIP track. Yes, yeah. yeah, pretty excited about that. So yeah, it's it's good news for Godzilla fans to be able to expect. You know, that's what I consider to be a superior dub because I'll, I, you know everybody's heard that international dub for so long. Well, it's frustrating when you've got something that you know exists and you can find no evidence of it. So it's it's uh, redeeming. Yes, uh, definitely redeeming. Um, okay, so. I don't have anything else to mention for Godzilla news, so we're moving on to local events. Local events. Local events is a little bit crazy. If you listen to the last episode, you heard me talk about pretty much all of these. We're going to start, uh, we're not going to talk about what happened tonight with Chris Hardwick. That's nope. over and done with. 
awesome. But on Friday night at the Baghdad Theater, Court and Fat Boy are putting on This Is Spinal Tap. And it's 11, 11, 11, and I'm going. I haven't seen Spinal Tap in a really long time, and I've never seen it in the theater, so I'm really excited about that. If you're in town, you think, uh, oh, what is the name of that album? Smell the Glove. If you think that's a really good album, <laughs> you should definitely go check out Spinal Tap. Uh, it's only three bucks to get in. Right, 21 it, and over. Yep, they sell pre-sell tickets now on the website. I just bought mine today. Right. And it's always a good time. Yes, now Baghdad that's, Theater. Yeah, that's the Baghdad Theater. That's that's the eleventh. That's Friday. Now, when the clock strikes midnight and we move into ensues. twelve, yeah, that's when the craziness happens. We are unleashing a whole bunch of events. Nerddom is unleashing a whole bunch of events on Portland that that day, starting with these. Um, actually, start, starting with Things from Another World's Valve signing at seven p.m. at the Hollywood the Hollywood Things from Another World. Uh, there's going to have a whole bunch of creators there who are involved with this Valve comic. I know I'm taking Tiger because he really wants to go. I want to say I heard there's going to be like game setups and stuff. There's always free food. And if you're 21 and over, free beer. Uh, I don't want to say that's why I go. but Things from another world does it right, though. They really do. I really love their signings. Uh, and then at the exact same time, starting at... Uh, with the pirates yes it's, where, uh, where is this happening the melody ballroom downtown it's uh i believe uh, i'm not going to say an, an exact time because honestly it's pirates there's no real exact time well, i think it starts at seven it's yeah i was going to say it's 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 about seven o'clock i think seven to seven thirty right well that's sure <laughs> that sounds about right um like i said pirates pirates yeah, so uh, that, that's uh, seven to that matter, question mark yeah nerds Nerds in general, geeks, geeks in general. That timing thing is always a little iffy, but uh, but Melody Ballroom, it is the Swashbucklers Ball, which this is the second annual, and it is a uh, charity event for the Oregon Humane Society. And there's going to be music and performers, and uh, they've got it's going to be two floors of of just all kinds of events and and entertainment. Downstairs is their burlesque show, which is the Geeklesque, as we've had uh, the Mad Marquis de Maltese on before, and they are doing a completely pirate-centric show, which is going to be spectacular, I'm sure, and uh, it's just going to be a really good time for all. And I, it's uh, tickets are, I think, going to be like fifteen bucks. Nice the door. So nice. it's and like I said, event for Oregon Humane Society. So very cool. Yeah, well, I'm sorry I'm going to be missing that because I will be going to the Alter Egos Society 5th Annual Hero... What? <laughs> I don't know how to speak English, apparently. <laughs> Hero Villain Ceasefire. Uh, they're going to have the double clicks and the robot uprise there. Uh, that starts at 8 p.m. That's at the Ella Street Club. Sorry, the Ella Street Social Club. I believe, yep, tickets are only 10 bucks to get in, and they're going to have raffles, and you know you got to go in costume. I've got my costume all ready to go. Oh, my my costume costume is all set too. There's uh there's we we even have guns. What? Flintlocks? Yeah. All right. Yeah. So that's uh that is the 13th. That's the 12th, excuse me. The next day, it doesn't end. No. The Portland Comic Book Show is happening. Yes. And I pretty much have to go to that every time cuz I want to support my local comic book stuff. Right. If you are in the area, you should Technically, definitely check it out. Technically, that's how we met, Kyle. Te- that's right. Technically, I met Heather at the Portland Comic Book Show. Or at least because of the Portland Comic Book Show. Well, that also works. But yeah. <laughs> Semantics. Semantics. 
nomenclature. Who cares? Who cares? Okay, so uh, that's uh, that's the Parlin Comic Book Show that starts, I think, at 10 o'clock in the morning, maybe 11. That's at the Memorial Coliseum, and I believe tickets are $8. I'll have a link in the show notes, of course, to all of these events, including but not limited to. Man, I'm getting tired. <laughs> including but not limited now. to. That's right. This is the longest podcast time ever. You guys don't don't know it. You weren't here for all of it, but we started at six thirty, and it is now later. Later than that. What? As I run into things, it's eleven. It's eleven, I, it's 11 p.m. <laughs> It's stretched out. It's a time-lapse kind of thing. Anyway, uh, so the 15th and the 29th of this month, Geek Trivia is at the Kennedy School, the McMinimins Kennedy School. We always go to that and always uh, do our best, which sometimes means we place. Other times, we just have fun. We always have fun there. Uh, link in the show notes to that, of course. The next night on the 16th, uh, Will Wheaton versus Paul and Storm at the Aladdin Theater. Now, Paul and Storm, they're like a... I don't know if you call them nerd rock or they're just kind of nerd music. And Will Wheaton, of course, is the ambassador of all nerds. They're going to be doing a show. He's just this guy. He's just this guy. He's just this guy, you know. Uh, anyway, they're going to be at the Aladdin Theater. That is at 8 p.m. I'm debating whether or not I should go. The next night, something, another thing I need to go to is Comics Underground. Oh, yeah. Now, the comic book club is something started by a guy named Eric Henriksen, who works for the Portland Mercury. That was started here in town, and I went to the first one accidentally, and it was so fun. Um, I've unfortunately not made it to the other ones, but that sort of, it sort of evolved into this thing called Comics Underground now, and that's at the Jack London Bar, um, which I believe is downstairs in the Rialto. That's the same place you guys had the, uh, the poker tournament, right? I would buy that for a dollar. I think that's true. I think well, that's the Jack London bar. Yeah. Anyway, again, all of that these is, things will have links in the, the show Jack notes. That is the Jack London bar. I just didn't realize that that was where it was held. Yeah. And so that uh, should be a lot of fun as well. There's going to be, you know, we have a ton of comic book creators here in town and a lot of them are really nice and a lot of them end up going to that and doing little presentations. So that is what's happening on the 17th. On the 18th, is Captain Picard Day. If you really want to find out about that, click on the link in the show notes. That's at Floating World Comics at 6 p.m. And that pretty much does it for the local events. Goodness gracious. Too many. Too many to name. I, I'm, And you know what? I know I left some out because I was just like, I don't have time. Like I said, there's, there's things going on in, in Hillsboro. And I always say that the summer is when Portland really explodes with events, but it kind of seems like it's constant. There's yeah. just always something going on for something for everyone. Agreed. Portland is awesome. Uh, now we're going to close out the show. Yes. So thank you very much for listening. Thanks to Matt Frank for joining yes. us over the Skype. And again, apologies for the mix up in time. Uh, thanks to Jeff who had to take off. Yes. And thanks to Heather who's sitting across from me. Extreme thanks to everybody who <laughs> listens. Uh, if you found the Kaiju Cast through, ooh, you know what? I can't say that yet, as I forgot to write down the reminder that you need to turn in your homework, people. Mm-hmm. We haven't had any submissions yet, so Uh-oh. man, what is going on? People must not like this awesome movie known as Godzilla vs. Mothra from 1992, right? Right? No. Is that, is that the one that was filmed in? Jeff's garage? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, but if you want to uh, send in your thoughts, questions, and reviews for this month's Daikaiju discussion film, which again is Godzilla vs. Mothra from 1992, make sure you send that email to controller at kaijucast.com with the subject of Daikaiju discussion 
Get that to me before the 27th, and I'll make sure to include it in the show. Now I can say, if you found the Kaiju Cast through iTunes or some other podcast directory and you want to experience the glory that is the website of KaijuCast, go to kaijucast.com. You can see all the shows we've done, listen to all the shows right there on the website. Uh, You can subscribe, which would be cool. Uh, There are polls. I really need to put up a new one, especially now that uh, our contest is over. Any contests that are, uh, that happen through the Kaiju Cast are always posted through there, and uh, yeah, you can see our full list of Daikaiju discussion films as well. If there's any artists out there that would like to draw Godzilla in roller skates on a banana phone, by the way, by all means, please send that in because I would love to see you try. Yeah, you should ping Matt Frank for that. I totally should. Yeah. Uh, additionally, Kaiju Cast is on Facebook and on Twitter. I don't use Twitter as much as I should, but uh, I use Facebook a whole bunch, especially during the the in-between show times. So make sure that if you're on either of those two social networking sites that you get connected in that way. Uh, That's about it. Anything else, Heather? You can follow me on the Twitter too. Oh yeah. Joker's girl. Is it just one word, right? Joker's girl. Joker's girl. Yeah. Heather's on Twitter. And uh, I think we're going to close out the show. You know, we've had some weird music here tonight. So we're going to... A little bit. We're going to close out the show with another weird song. This one is actually called Attack Megalon by Rachiro Manabe. And I have no idea who is singing this, but it's hilarious. So uh, without anything else to say, Jamata. Thank you.
Jump up 